and you are now listening to the Dynasty Bros Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, Brodies and Bays? This is the Dynasty Bros Fancy Football Podcast, episode 43. And this is where you come for all your fancy football needs and to chop it up about the latest NFL news. I am Dynasty Bro Dot here with my co-bro. You got Dynasty Bro Vic. What's up, everybody? Man, how you doing today? You all right? I'm good, man. I'm good. And we got a guest. A super guest. How you doing today, man? We got we got Mr. Ron in the building, Mad Dog FF on the Twitter. Do they have any nicknames for Twitter? Or is it just Twitter? There's no cool slang for it. <laughs> All right, man. How the Twitter you doing world, today, man? you know. The Twitter. I'm doing world. great, you know. Uh, happy Memorial Day, but belated for you guys. It's great to come back on the show. I had so much fun last time. You guys, uh, obviously, I uh, impressed enough for you guys to give me a second chance at it. Um, oh. So yeah, man, it, it's uh, it's been great. And uh, we know we're just all living in the same, you know, fishbowl right now, the Corona world that it is today. And we're just looking forward to, like I tell a lot of my friends and listeners out there, um, just having an opportunity to do this. Um, you know, it's an outlet for us and it gives us something to think about, you know, get our mind off present day, you know, real world, which is uh, always good, I think, for everyone out there. So I'm excited to do this. Uh, again, you can follow me at Mad Dog FF uh, on Twitter. Uh, might have heard the Dynasty Zone podcast on fakepixin.com. I've been had about 50 episodes deep on that. We're relaunching that with my good friend, co-host Dave Sherney at Road Warrior underscore D. Uh, great Dynasty OG from back in the day. He's still doing it. And then we do Dynasty Football 101 on Sports True Radio Network. That's um, on Friday nights, typically at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then a uh, last show I do is the uh, XM 211 Dan Patrick channel. I do that with Lou Landers. Sports Overnight America, we do that on Friday night, uh, about 12 midnight. So if you're up late on a Friday night, you want to listen to uh, some sports-related type shows, not more geared towards the fantasy side of it, um, that's, a, that's a good show. Check that out. And again, shout out to Lou Landers at Landers Talks for, uh, you know, just being a great friend in, in the industry. And, and, you know, you know how that goes, guys. You got you got to have a partner in crime, you know? Yeah. There go yeah. mine right there. No. Hey, Vic, we ain't doing something right so we can add all this stuff after our name. Like, hey, I'm Dynasty Bro Dot. This, 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 this. We, we got <laughs> yeah. to do Yeah. All right. So, look, not only did you come impress us coming on our podcast last time, we actually had a contest, man. You actually kicked our ass, man. So, look, we went with the. <laughs> episode today is the wide receiver landed spots because you know if you wasn't here weeks back we went over the receivers right before the nfl draft talked about the ones that we liked and uh try to predict their landing spots so look dynasty bro vic didn't get any right dynasty bro dot didn't get any right my man right here ron how many did you get right tell the people one uno amigo but you know what <laughs> i'll take it as a, a short a small victory here guys uh you know, because it's so hard to do what we try to do, which is, you know, prognosticate in that show and predict, you know, our favorite players in the landing spot with a receiver position. There's so many good receivers in this class. So, I mean, that makes it even more difficult for us to, to do what we were tasked at doing uh, the last show. So, you know, hey, I got lucky, but, you know, there's a little bit of skill. I, I was pounding the table for that uh, rugs pick for quite some time to the Raiders, and it made a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you was uh you were pounding the table for two of them, two two receivers to go there. They ended up taking two pretty decently early, but the rugs you were like for sure on it. So I give you props to that, man. I really do. 
I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, again, I think just knowing a little bit of history with Mike Mayock and John Gruden, I think that again, lacking playmakers, it wasn't really that difficult to think about the most explosive, you know, track speed uh, wide receiver in this draft class. And that's definitely Henry Ruggs. Yes. He's going to be polarized prospect uh, from now until, you know, he proves everybody wrong or vice versa, you know, he busts. But I, I think again, with that organization, they're looking for playmakers. And I think that's kind of where I went with that pick because they lack playmakers, the wide receiver position. He's probably the biggest, you know, meal ticket at that position as far as big plays. So it kind of fit, you know, uh, put a hat on a hat, right? <laughs> Brian is such a good sport. He even, you know, he's open to even taking a shot with it. So let's I mean, kick gotta, that right now, man. Yeah, let's we're gonna take this right shot, now. and then we're gonna pay oh, up again. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. So. This is a. This is a. This is more of a. This is the toast. Me and Vic got to take toast. a shot to pay up the better on. But let's get a toast. Having Ryan back, big thank you again, and this is a salute to you for doing what you do. So let's toast up right now. Cheers, guys. Cheers. That's what I'm drinking right now. Oh, yeah. Some moonshine. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> I don't have the bottle here, but it's tequila, you know. It's, oh. it's a tequila, tequila Tuesday for me, I guess, guys. Hey, that works. <laughs> I'm a crown guy, but I didn't feel like opening up the new bottle, so I'm drinking this Tito's, and it's, Ooh. it's not that good. <laughs> All right, so look, before we get into the main segment, which is the wide receiver landing spots, we always like to do What's the Word? With Dynasty Bro Vic, he gives us some hood TMZ. And he goes into just some some news for the week. So, Vic, what do you got for us, man? All right, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet because we got 12 wide receivers to you know truck through. But uh, I'm gonna start with this man, Eli Manning's on Twitter, and uh, he picked a great time to get on Twitter uh, because, as you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and those guys, they had to match with uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. So, of course, he was trolling Peyton. Um, throughout you know the entire match um, Ron did you get a chance to check out the match I actually didn't get to watch it but I saw highlights you know my brother-in-law was here my sister-in-law were visiting at the time and I kind of you know we were just jonesing for a little bit of sports so yeah I threw it on ESPN I watched a little bit of the highlights lowlights but yeah <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big golfer you know so you guys probably could just uh you, you know you, you could tell me something about golf and you'd probably get me because I'm not gonna be able to answer the question but um I heard Tom Brady's got a pretty good golf game. That's what I hear. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, he did actually hit a hole in one, believe it or not. So that was, you know, that's classic Tom, Tom Brady. Right? Fashion. Yeah. yeah. Showing up on the big stage. And he also split his pants. So Barstool Sports <laughs> on Twitter, they uh, actually captured a yeah, shot I'd of that. I paid for that. I'd actually pay to see that as opposed to the others. <laughs> yeah. But Tom had to actually switch clothes uh, throughout the match. And Unfortunately, that didn't help because they lost. So Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods won. That was our guest a couple episodes back. We figured Tiger Woods would uh, carry the team because Peyton was just out there heckling. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Yeah. And just to close it out, so they actually raised uh, $20 million um, for uh, coronavirus oh relief. So it, it was a charity match. So wow. shout, shout out to those guys. So Nice. $20 million? $20 million. <laughs> What the fuck? Wow. Wow. So that's that. I wanted to keep it short and sweet since we got all these wide receivers to dive into. I'm excited. Um, so pretty much, you know, we're just going to go kind of round table. Um, just for the listeners, you know, we aren't ranking these guys. These are just wide receivers that we're excited for. I'm um, looking forward to seeing in the league. And we also got a couple sleepers for you, too. Anything else you guys want to add to that disclaimer? Uh, <laughs> nah, I'm just excited to get to it, man. And 
I think Ron should be able to kick it off since he was the only one to get a landing spot right. And feel free to lead either way, man. I know last time you were here, you were letting us know about some of the receivers that you actually like more than others. So feel free to talk about anyone on your list because I know I'm not going from the highly drafted one on down. I'm picking my favorite. So, yeah, you know, and, and I'm not, I talked a little bit about rugs already. I don't really, right now, the guy that still I'm excited about, I was excited pre draft. I was, I'm excited post draft, and nothing's changed for me. And that's CD Lamb. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, he fell in the draft and he went to a terrible landing spot. And I think that's just a lazy uh, take on the whole situation in general. Because from the grand scheme of things, you think about the contract situation with Cooper. How long are they going to have Cooper there? I mean, for my money, again, the real story, the real battle is going to be C.D. Lamb versus Michael Gallup as that alpha dog number two receiver um, after, um, obviously, Amari Cooper. But here's the thing is that I think that no matter what, this is a great situation for C.D. Lamb. He's got one of the best quarterbacks under center, true leader in in Dak Prescott, you know, to help you know, mature him and help him run his routes, you know, be that vocal leader in the huddle. It's going to yell at him as a rookie, tell him what he did wrong and what he needs to improve or fix, you know? So I think again, from that standpoint, this is a perfect, you know, storm for him. And then the pressure's not really on him to go out there and have hundred yard receiving games each every week, because you've got Amari Cooper, you have Michael Gallup there established, uh, you know, receivers there, Gallup still, still maturing himself. Um, you know, my bold prediction is I think that we will see by the end of the season, C.D. Lamb take over Michael Gallup as far as targets on a consistent basis and kind of production in that offense behind Amari Cooper. And then you also have to think about the vacated uh, targets with uh, Jason Witten now gone at the tight end position. Uh, Blake Jarwin might be that guy to step up. But all around, I mean, what's not to like about C.D. Lamb? I mean, exceptional ball skills, the light um, ball tracking skills. I mean, concentration body control is as good as any receiver in this class if not the best again playing that x role and laying lincoln riley's uh, air raid offense at oklahoma helped him and he played with three different quarterbacks three years and consistently put up numbers man again cd lamb has checked all the boxes for me continues to check those boxes and you know i don't care if it's jerry's boy or it ain't jerry's boy Uh, he's my boy (laughs) (laughs) nice Hey, Vic, I think you should be able to follow it up, man. Say something about your guy, man. Because you planted your flag on CD, bro. So so get your, get your words in. Yeah, man. Echo, 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 man. I've pretty much been taking CD everywhere, you know, that I can. And, um, you know, I, he actually has a chance to finish as a wide receiver, too, in that offense easily. Because, like you said, if uh, Amari can't stay on the field, we know he's not going to show up on the road. So there's some opportunities there. Um, and then, of course, you know, you got Michael Gallup there. But uh, I think, you know, that offense just got a little bit more explosive. Um I'm still under the impression that CD fell there. I don't think they actually planned to take CD there, but if he's going to fall there, why not take him? Um, so to me, it just makes sense. You know, if the talent's there, why not? But that offense just got more explosive. So I like it. I mean, taking CD everywhere that I can. Yeah. Uh, I think that can entertain and, and all those receivers there, man. So I'm just excited to see that offense, man. Like you have to worry about Zeke. And now you got three receivers that you got to worry about. So I'm excited to keep on seeing Dak play as long as Dak plays. Right. And a lot of people are worried about just what you said. If, you know, Dak in the contract situation. And I'm saying sign that contract, Dak. We need you under center. I'm not even a Cowboys fan. 
but I'm a fan of, of all those moving pieces we've been talking about. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just like seeing this offense. And honestly, if you think about it, maybe the Cowboys offense, we're kind of, we should be reading this handwriting here on the wall a little bit because I think maybe they're going to go away from the running game a little bit and try and lean a little bit more on the passing game. So from that perspective, I think that's something a lot of people need to take into consideration that um, they understand they can't keep running Zeke into the ground. And this guy's career is going to be shortened by three, four or five years if they continue to do that. So I think this is a smart play for them and the vertical pass catching option in this offense. And just like you said there. Uh, dotted. This is this is the Cowboys offense, and it's going to be high power, high octane. I'm yeah. thinking back to your Indianapolis Colts, there, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Luck kind of, you know, air early. Yeah. My bad. Actually, uh, fat fingered the computer and kicked me out, but I'm back. <laughs> What's up, Dice to Bro Vic? Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with that transition, Vic, why don't you get into one of your receivers, man? She came back to the episode. All right, man. Of course, you know I got to go with uh, Mr. T. Higgins. So, uh, of course, my uh, other guy. Yeah, one of one of my favorite wide receivers coming out of the draft. And as you guys see there, I mean, Cincinnati got a playmaker. He's high pointing the ball. There's gonna be a lot of that, man. So uh, he goes up and get it, and uh, pretty much he's an AJ Green clone 2.0. Of course, not as explosive, um, but uh, you know, I definitely like T. Higgins, and I think he's gonna get a lot of production early on. So he's gonna step into that number three spot. Because, of course, you got Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. Hopefully, you can stay healthy. If not, you got Auden Tate. But, of course, day one, we're going to see a lot of T. Higgins out there. Oh, man. We skipping John Ross, man. Mr. What he run? The 4-2? What, what was this? 40? All I know is he could have had his own island, but he had the wrong pair of shoes on, right? <laughs> That's I true. Oh, man. That's crazy. That's true. <laughs> but, nah, Ron, you, uh, what you what you like about that Higgins in his landing spot? You know, Higgins was one that's kind of perplexing to me because I really love his talent and I'm not hating on Cincinnati, but it's just, honestly, I think there's going to be something to happen. This, I think, is more of an indictment on AJ Green. From the Dynasty perspective, I love the pick for them. I just, the only thing is, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little impatient like most Dynasty owners, and I feel like when I make a pick at the back end of the first round, I want production from them year one. With T. Higgins, I think you've got to take him at 110, 111, 112, and know that you baked into that is, is the, the knowing that you're not going to get as much production year one from him. Now, having said that, there, there's definitely, um, you know, if AJ Green doesn't appear to be the same cat out there and gets hurt, this could be a situation where Higgins, Higgins has a lot of success year one. So I could be eating some humble pie here by saying this. I just feel like year two is really when T. Higgins takes off in that offense when AJ Green's out of the, completely out of the picture, you know. So, again, that could happen due to injuries, but I love the talent there at Cincinnati. Um, he's going to be a good one. Yeah, I, I like what they're brewing for uh, Joe Burrow there, man. That was that was a hell of a move to make, man, and get your franchise quarterback his pieces. So, I like the move, man, like you said. With AJ there, I don't know what it means, but, hey, as soon as he's gone, I think it's takeoff city to him, so. Yeah, and he even gets to learn from A.J. Green. So even if A.J.'s not out there, that's still a player coach, you know, in T. Higgins' ear. And, you know, speaks volume for them to take him with the first pick in the second round, too. So draft capital's there. You said the important word there, Dynasty Bro. You said draft capital there. You're exactly right. And I think you, you don't take a guy – you don't take a, any player that early first, second round not to play them and sit them or stand them on the side sideline. So, yeah. I think he's gonna he's gonna work his way up the depth chart and, and get some big time snaps. 
But again, I, I think you're talking about mid-season, you might not see production that you want out of them. More like a taxi squad on your deeper uh, bench-type dynasties, but uh, I, mean, I love them as far as long-term. Yeah. All right, Dot, who you got for us? All right, I got three guys that were taken in the first round on my list. But let's get to rugs because Ron actually already started to speak on them. So I want to go out there, ask a couple questions, get him out in the mix. Did any of y'all expect him to be the first receiver taken? I did not. I'll be Ron? honest. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't really. It didn't really shock me. I, did, I I thought that the speed there would be a team that fought, fell in love with that speed. And I thought the Raiders were that team, so it, it seemed like a perfect fit. But I think even in the first mock on fakepixkin.com, I'm gonna name drop our first mock pre um, pre combine. I want to say. Yeah. I had the Raiders taking him with their second pick. Cause I, at that time, actually, I had them taking T. Higgins with their first pick in the first round. And the second pick in the, in the first round, I had him taking, uh, you know, Rugs. So if that tells you anything, like, I, I liked Rugs, but for me to yeah. say that I, I knew he was going to be the number one first receiver off the board, I'd be, I'd be lying to you guys. I don't want to do that. Um, I did think he'd be a top 20, 20 player, though. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so here's the thing. I like what the Raiders did, man. They need weapons. Why not go get a piece that's the, probably the most explosive in the draft and figure out what you want to do with them at that point, man. And so, you know, for them to invest that early, they like something about what he does and his skill set. And, you know, I like it. I like that they're going to go figure it out at this point. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be out here getting the number one cornerbacks because I don't know what that means for his production right away. But, uh, I'm still excited that they they jumped up, planted their flag on their guy. This is who we wanted over all of these talented receivers. So that just means we're going to get some run. So I do like that. Yeah. All right. Ryan, you're back up. Who's the next receiver? All right. I just want to say one thing to your point there, Dot. On the Raiders, I find it pretty interesting. You know, they drafted Brian Edwards also kind of in the equation yeah. then you throw throw in Lynn Bold, Bolden into the equation who's like that slash Swiss Army knife type player so again I just yeah. think the Raiders man they're getting playmakers all, all over the place and I think that that's really if you're a Raiders fan you got to be excited that they're, they're making these types of moves and okay some of these guys may not pan out but I think if you hit a home run with one or two of these picks here you yeah. know if the Rugs pick is that home run hit hitter and, and it hits for you I think again as, as an organization you can start to see that process of, of rebuilding and, and getting to where they want to be. So I just want to say that's kind of important in the whole process. Um, I want to, I'll, I'll stay out there. Actually, I'll stay out on the on the West Coast guys with this with this pick and uh, a guy that again coming coming back from Senior Bowl and Mobile. You know, I brought back some type of a flu virus, maybe Corona. I survived that, but but KJ Hill. <laughs> From the Ohio State University, I mean, this guy, whoa, man! Like all week long, just blew us away in practices. And you know, this is a guy that's again, you played Ohio State, you're playing beside a lot of five-star recruits, just like at Alabama, Clemson. So you really have to stand out to, to you know, in the crowd of just great, talented players. And I think that uh, KJ Hill, you know. Rewind back to the year before. Who did we see year before? Terry McLaurin was that guy at Ohio State and that go-to guy for Haskins at offense. Well, you know, fast forward to last year, Justin Fields, new quarterback under center for the Buckeyes. And who was his guy, go-to guy? It was K.J. Hill more often than not. K.J. Hill is, 
as far as an athlete, he's one of the most accomplished athletes ever come out of Arkansas. Uh, a little history on him. He played every sport, basketball. He's a basketball player, um, plays above the rim and out there on the football field. That's, I think, what's going to help him win against physical DBs at the next level. And again, being able to contort his body, I go back to that last day of practice. He made this one hand catch with his whole body just twisted around, contorted and snagged it. And we were all just like, what just happened? I mean, seriously, like KJ Hill is going to be one of those players that a lot of people, okay, where did he go? He went like, what, the sixth, seventh round? Yeah, they're going to be like, just going to shrug this guy off in Dynasty, be like, yeah, you know, somebody gets drafted that late, like an Eno Benjamin type. Well, we're not going to pay too much attention to him, but that, that's the wrong thing to do. You have to analyze the situation and look at the Chargers. You know, they, they, there's there's an opportunity there because uh, Hunter Henry's hurt more often than not. And I don't think they really truly have. Yeah, you have Mike Williams who can't stay on the field as a, you know, alpha dog. You have Keenan Allen, obviously. So really you have your one, two receivers set up. You know, that's locked, locked down. But really between the hashes, I think that's where they're lacking. Austin Eckler's gonna have, you know, we know what splash plays he's gonna get. But I think KJ Hill fits this offense to a T. And then you bring in Justin Herbert, who actually played with KJ Hill there at, at Cedar Bowl Mobile and got to know him. So a little bit of a chemistry between those two cats. I, I like the pick, man. I think KJ Hill, a lot of people sleeping on him, and they should be. He's a very nuanced. Now, he may just be pigeonholed to the slot. That's the only thing about KJ Hill that, you know, might be a little bit, little Debbie Downer there for you, for you dynasty owners out there. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, there's definitely a, a clear path, um, especially to that number three row in the slot. Um, and, you know, you got Keenan Allen there. So, of course, Keenan runs help, you know, great routes. So, KJ already has the hands. He's the all-time reception leader at Ohio State. And we have all these great wide receivers come out of there. So for him to lead in that category, that speaks volume. Um, I think he's the steal of the draft, especially this late. I've been targeting him late. Um, you can even get him in free agency in your dynasty league. So, uh, you know, definitely target KJ Hill. And, uh, yeah, you know, for me, the, the landing spot's perfect. So. Yeah, I agree. And I like the fact you brought up the senior bowl chemistry with Justin Herbert. It matters, man. And coming in, man, you start to build your guy. Right now, he doesn't have a guy yet. Clearly, you have the established players there, but he doesn't have a guy right now. So you can go in and build that trust with somebody, man, or somebody you already know, get that confidence or that chemistry with him. So I like where he's going, and I think I think there's a chance for him to get some play time sooner than later. And to your point, thanks, uh, brother. Dot, that's a great point because think about second team, third string, like practices. Who's yeah. Herbert going to be throwing the ball to? It's going to be Hill in practice. Hey, yeah, because yeah, he's like fifth, sixth on the depth chart, you know, the receiver. So, yeah, they're going to build some chemistry. I love that. Again, great points. Yeah. All right. I'm actually going to, uh, since I talked about that being a steal, let me go to my next steal, in my opinion. Antonio Gandy-Golden. Um, so, he got drafted to the Skins. Um, let me uh, actually find this photo. Look, the man is catching a ball while being tackled. I mean, that speaks volume right there. So, um, you know, that's the type of player that they got there. Um, he has opportunity to step into that number three role again. Of course, they got Terry McLaurin. That's our favorite Naptown guy. He's local, so we're, we're definitely rooting for Terry. But then you also got Steve Sims Jr., um, who's climbing the ranks. And then, yeah, you got Kelvin Harmon. But, um, you know, I think Gandy has a talent to beat him out for that third spot. Of course, the scans like to run the ball, but they do got to throw as well. So um, I like the landing spot. Um, I didn't see it coming, um, given they still got Trey Quinn and all these other, uh, you know, wide receivers. So, you know, it appears to be a, a crowded wide receiver core, but I think Gandy is a player who can just rise 
Um, you know, it, it might not be initially out the gate, but I think he can rise throughout the season. True that. I got a quick confession, uh, Vic, uh, in regards to your boy here. I actually traded uh, last week at a rookie draft. I traded a 2021 second round pick where I feel like it's going to be a late second um, to move up in the beginning of the third take and Gandy Golden. And it's just because of the situation. And, dude, this guy, he's another one of those receivers flying under the radar right now in Dynasty. I think a lot of people, smart people, are catching on to this. But the situation is prime for the picking there. I mean, McLaurin, we saw what he did. We know McLaurin's nuance is one of the smartest players in the NFL. Uh, between the years, he has it all, and it shows out there on the field. So, I, Golden's not like he's not, he doesn't have the football IQ that Terry McLaurin come, came, had coming into the league. But I'll tell you what, he does have one hell of a work ethic. And also, he just wants to be good. He has that desire, burning desires. I just five minutes for talking to him in senior ball, I picked up on that right real quick. And I'm like, this guy really is going to be the type of cat that goes out there, works his butt off to improve and, and work his way up the depth chart. And again, there's not much there. I mean, you pointed out uh, Sims, uh, these guys, maybe Kelvin Hart, maybe Harvin might be like his top competition. And yeah, gold, golden to me, that's the most talent it's going to win out. 10 times out of 10, you know, cream rise to the top, guys. Yep. That. I like that. Like you said, going to a spot that's pretty much wide open. McLaurin's pretty much planted his flag, but anybody else there, it's like, it's for the taking. So whoever goes, I think, go win in training camp. It's open for any of those guys. So we'll just see what happens. I kind of like Harmon, though. But we'll see. All right. We'll see. Uh, well, let's follow up with Alabama guys. Another shocking uh, draft pick to me, man. Denver taking Jerry Judy. That was a. Uh, I don't know if I was ready to see that happen, but I, I knew they could take a receiver. Figured they plant their flag on trying to see if Drew Locke is going to be their franchise quarterback. They get Jerry Judy. Maybe, maybe I just didn't think Judy was going to go there because I thought he was going to go sooner. That was my thing, man. I just seen CD and Judy going earlier in the draft. I, I don't know. But Judy going to Denver, man, going to go be a compliment to Sutton. It's amazing what they're doing for Drew Locke right now, to be honest, man. I think they're setting him up. Hopefully they unleash him a little bit more this year and let him throw more, let him take his deep balls. I think he has the arm, too. And I think you put Judy out there. Judy's probably going to run the slot. What you think, Ron? think Judy's going to be in that slot? I think so. I mean, you got a big body receiver in Sutton there. I mean, this, this, you know, I think the big winner to your point there, it, it's Drew Locke. I mean, you're loading up here. You're giving him offensive weapons here and, and good offensive weapons. And, and even KJ Hamlin, I mean, the guys that they had, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the one that really made my head scratch. I mean, I could get over like Sutton and Judy, I don't think there's going to have any problem kind of coexisting. If, if they have this offense, uh, you know, again, playing in the AFC West is kind of that Wild West shootout type of a division, uh, and the de- defenses aren't that great, you know, outside of maybe the Chiefs' defense is improving a little bit, and they've made some good picks, you know, in this draft at the defensive position, you know, the linebacker and the secondary is getting better. But, yeah, I think this is a division where, you know, they're going to be rolling up some points here, and, and again, you know, why not go out there and get arguably the best one of the – I mean, he's the most NFL-ready receiver, I think you could say, as far as route running goes for Judy. Um, again, coming from Alabama, I mean, you know how good you have to be to, to play at, at that yeah. level in the SEC and uh, among his teammates who are all five-star recruits, it seems like. So, 
Uh, again, another just great player for coming out of that receiver to come out of Alabama. You know, after the likes of Cooper, uh, Ridley, I mean, the, the list goes on. And I think this guy's going to be just as good. Maybe early on, you might have a little bit of uh, lull with him if he doesn't get going early, get going quick in that offense. But I think he will catch on quick because, again, I think he has a high football IQ, and I think he's going to not going to have any problem picking up that offensive playbook. But again, that's why you know training camps are so important, you know, for us to kind of hear all this stuff. But again, I like the pick. Um, I did question a little bit just because of you know having Sutton there, but I think that again, these two these two receivers can coexist together. And like you said, the slot should be where he makes his money early in his career. Um, definitely in that Broncos offense is where they need him. And also, uh, you know, outside of Noah Fan, you know, who's still probably Boomer Bass bust from week to week between the hashes. I mean, they need some guys there. Um, they don't really have anybody right now. So yeah, I think that's a good move. And you bring in KJ too. So yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like it. And uh, I know a lot of people are, you know, concerned about Sutton being there. But like you said, it's the Wild Wild West in that division. You got to keep up with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and the Raiders who just loaded up on offense. So um, even if you look back to the Joe Flacco days, he had to throw 30 to 40 times. So target's going to be there for Jerry Judy. That doesn't, that doesn't concern me. Um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, if you need some wide receiver help, definitely target him in the middle of the first round. Um, I've seen him go, you know, between that range. I'm um, not to say he doesn't go earlier, but that's kind of like what I've been seeing throughout these uh, rookie drafts. True. It, I just want to say it's really kind of weird right now still with, yeah, I don't know, most of the rookie drafts I've been doing lately, it's been, yeah, four of the first five picks usually are all running backs. Running Typically, backs. that doesn't really change. It's just seeing kind of where, you know, these guys, these owners are going with that first receiver off the board kind of mentality. Yeah. And it's kind of, from what I've seen, it's kind of been 50-50 uh, between Judy and Lamb. And I think that, again, that's going to be a raging debate, fire that burns on, you know, for you know for the next year or longer, you know, because there's always going to be that Judy versus Lamb kind of debate. And it's, it's starting now. It started before, and it's going to keep going. Yeah, you can't go wrong either way. Though. No. But I'm taking Lamb personally. But I do got some Judy shares, so see that's how crazy it gets that quick. <laughs> Diversify your your shares, right? Your stocks, yeah. your investments. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't want to miss out completely. <laughs> All right, Mister Ron, you're up again. All right, and you know this. If there was one shock from the NFL draft, not really so much a shock, but just a player that I looked at and said. Why is he still on the board and question that? For me, it was Tyler Johnson. You guys, when I came on the show, I mean, he was one of my first receivers I wanted to profile just because of the consistency and what, what this guy has been able to accomplish at Minnesota, where I feel like he struggled with, with quarterback play and just talent around him. Um, I think that was one thing, Tyler Johnson. Another thing that was kind of like a red flag to me and made me scratch my head was the fact that he wasn't invited to the senior bowl as a senior. And I think that was kind of like, to me, I was kind of like, well, why not? I mean, so I think there was a little bit of stock down for him uh, from the talent evaluators perspective from the scouts. And again, I don't really get why. I think this, this is another player like a KJ Hill that's, that was discounted in the NFL draft this year. I mean, he went to the fifth, fifth round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, I get it, man. It's a crowded wide receiver room there in Tampa Bay. You know, you got obviously you you have Chris Godwin who just blew up, 
you have Mike Evans there, and yeah. you still have you know Justin Watson still kind of hanging around for Pennsylvania. He you know he's a gritty type receiver for them, and then the, and then you bring in Gronk with OJ Howard. There's a lot of mouths to feed. I get it, but hold on. You look at the what position does he play? They did lose Rashad Perryman. I know that's not a big loss, but he was their third wide receiver. You think about it. So again, there's some vacated targets that's going to help out a little bit. But where is Tyler Johnson going to make his money in the NFL? That's in the slot. Uh, just was looking this up before the show, guys. He ran 666 or 661 of his 817 snaps out of the slot last year for Minnesota. That's a big number. Okay. Where does Tom Brady, who does he love? He loves his slot receivers. Yeah. Julian Edelman, I'm, I'm talking to you. No, Tom Johnson's not Julian Edelman, but I will say this. I think that, again, he has the talent or the situation and the talent here to have some early success where and be one of those kind of uh, sleepers where nobody really gave him a chance because of that landing spot, getting drafted in the fifth round. Again, he's going to make a living in the slide, and that's that's exactly where he is. He's a talented He's one of the most NFL-ready prospects from the route running and release perspective, right up in online with Judy. He just never got that national attention that J- Judy did playing in a Power Five conference, you know, or a school like Alabama. So again, um, finished top ten nationally in yards per route run um, due to his ability to get off uh, the line of scrimmage. And I think again, if you have that ability at the next level, um, that's going to bode well for a slot receiver getting off that line of scrimmage, getting a little bit of separation. The little twitch um, that's going to give him that little opening that he needs where everybody's bigger, faster, and stronger at the next level. Yeah, I actually love the landing spot, and I actually don't have any Tyler Johnson shares, but I'm going to I'm going to change that after this uh, recording because he gets to learn from Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Tom Brady, OJ Howard. Like, what am I doing? So I definitely need to go give me some shares because even if he's just sitting on the sideline for a year or two, what have you, but he's he's going to soak up. All- you know, all this information, all this knowledge from these great players. And um, I think the opportunity is going to be there. And we can't forget about Cameron Brake. He also gets a lot of love, too. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> he just name dropped Cameron Brake. I had to, man. He gets love, man. Oh, man. man. Hey, if I Brady ain't... invites you to the to the private workout, that, that, that speaks volumes. So. Man, I got invited to that shit, bro. Name <laughs> <laughs> dropping, man. I love it. <laughs> nah. I, uh, Ron, I was one of those guys that initially didn't get any Tyler Johnson shares due to where he landed. I I wasn't feeling it. I got one now, so it's all right. <laughs> but I ain't going to lie, I was nervous up front, man. But, uh, you know, like Vic just said, man, I think it's a good opportunity to come in and start learning, man, and, and just get straight to it. I think it will be a good offense. Bruce Arians is always going to be in a throwing situation, so – you know, it's a good offense to land in, man, even if you are the third, you know. So, it's cool. Or fourth banana or fifth banana, but yeah. Yeah, you know, they'll figure it out. You want to be on that banana tree, man, down in Tampa Bay. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind one of those bananas. <laughs> All right, let me see where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Rieger. So, let's go to Philadelphia. Um, this was a guy that I had – I had going to uh, the Packers. You know, I kind of feel like there's missing that slot row with uh, Randall Cobb. I'm trying to find this photo. I think this is it. There we go. Mr. Jalen Rieger out of TCU. Um, so first round draft pick went with the uh, 21st pick. Um, you know what? That receiver room is kind of crowded as well, given they just uh, brought in Marquise Goodwin. And they still got a Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffries coming back. But 
Uh, for these guys to take them in the first round, that definitely, you know, tells you that they're looking for a playmaker, especially, you know, for the long term. So um, hopefully, you know, he can establish himself, um, you know, as that wide receiver one, or if not, even that counterpart to Alshon Jeffrey right now. But he's definitely going to be out there day one, week one. So definitely got me a couple shares and uh, I'm excited to see what he does. Marquise Goodwin, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, all injured. I think they're just bringing in 39 receivers just because they can't keep a healthy receiving core. So I do like Jalen Rieger going there. They do need playmakers. Um, and Carson Wentz, man, when he's healthy, he's a good quarterback. I don't care. When he has his pieces there, that's a good offense. He's a good quarterback. I know they have the tight ends. They play through the tight ends in the run game too, but to go take a receiver in the first round because you know you need playmakers. I think that bodes well. That bodes well for him in that system. So I like the system in the situation. I'm 100 percent with this this pick here, and I back it. You know the thing is, we you kind of brought up, uh, you know, Vic, the receivers there, Alshon Jeffrey. He's not getting any younger. I mean, from his years in Chicago. I mean, he's he's brittle as like glass. I mean, this guy is going to break down and he might be a cap casualty before the season even starts. So, I mean, that's another thing. The Eagles have a lot of cap issues as it is right now, which is a, kind of leads me to talk about Zach Hurst getting traded and all that stuff, which I'm sure everybody's heard a lot of rumors. So, I mean, it's out there. They have to make moves to clear up some room in this cap. And I think Alshon Jeffrey might be the first, uh, first to get cut there. So that's something to watch. You know, Rieger, um, physically, I mean, this guy, if you're going to knock something on him, yeah, he's small. That's it. So I think his, if his body can fill out and he, he can be a little physical, more physical at the next level, um, again, that's why they pay a lot of money to these conditioning coaches. I think that's going to be one of the things, you know, if I'm going to nitpick Jalen Rieger, that's it. And, again, I think his quickness, his, his twitchy receiver that can, uh, you know, get it, you know, take the top off the defense. So, I mean, there's definitely a major opportunity for him in Philly that I think he's going to take a hold of and wrangle. Um, but again, you know, he's a completely different receiver than a, a cat like, say, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So it will be interesting to see yeah. kind of with how healthy is Deshaun uh, Jackson, too. He's the other, other guy we kind of throw into the mix. But there's, a, again, a lot of mouths to feed here in Philly. But this is obviously being the Dynasty Bros, you know that we're playing for Dynasty. We're thinking long-term. Jalen Rieger's going to make – he's going to be that long-term receiver for them in the future. And I think that, again, draft capital is obviously um, the telling th sign there for him. Yeah. Uh, the biggest debate I've had personally is Jalen Rieger versus Ruggs in a few of my rookie drafts where I needed a receiver at the back end of the first. I'm sitting there scratching my head and staying up all night, tossing and turning, trying to figure up, to figure out, should I go Rieger here or Ruggs? Uh, again, most cases at upside, I'll go Rugs, but Rieger's a safer pick here. Let's be honest. And I trust Wentz too. I I'm with you, Doc. Yeah, I like Wentz, man. I'm. I don't. All the injury history, man. I don't think a lot of people are on the Wentz train anymore. But if he has, if he plays 17 games this year, he'll be a top six quarterback. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought he was going to say top 12. I was going to say top seven. I'm actually so I'm probably pretty close to where you're at. On if he plays at the games, yeah, he's, he's top. Or, or he's a, man, he's a good quarterback, man. He's just hurt. He's been banged up. That's the only thing that's wrong with the system. So it is what it is. I said it, Vic. 
You can bring it up later if you want to. That's cool. That's cool. But yeah, but Rieger has been going at the end of the first or even early second. So just to get a listener's uh, idea of you know where, you know, if you do want some shares, where to target them. Yeah. And I, I've been pulling the trigger on rugs over Rieger just for the upside. I've just the upside of him being there fast. And I don't know. First receiver off the board. The yeah, capital. I also think, though, to your point, though, Dot, is if you have, if you're rebuilding anyway, you're picking the back end of the first. Why not take a shot on the higher upside type player, rugs over Rieger, just for that simple fact that you brought up? Because, I mean, you have an opportunity to kind of wait it out you're not trying to win right now if i'm trying to win right now i think yeah rieger's going to produce more this season maybe not the first few weeks but once he gets going in that offense it starts clicking yeah, yeah i think he's going to produce he might end up being the, the top scoring wide receiver rookie receiver i should say this year but we'll see all right all right that who you got for us let's go to a guy i was iffy about and still kind of iffy about man so I'm interested to get Ron's opinion on this because me and Vic, we're in a lot of drafts, so we talk a lot of these guys out. Justin Jefferson goes to the Vikings. And I was already skeptical about the whole offense. Yeah, it was a great season last year, and, and I think these are good players. Burrow's good. Clyde is good. Jefferson's good. But, like, what does that mean for him in the NFL now that it's real. It's not just on the best offense ever in college. So it goes to a team that loves to run the ball, loves to run the ball. They're comfortable throwing it 10 times if they're going to get the dub. A team that struggled to get two stud receivers, like the, the production at the same time. You had a Stefan Diggs. You, you had uh, Adam Thielen. You still have Adam Thielen. I know he's getting older, but I still think Adam Thielen's going to go out there and ball if he's healthy. So I think it's one of those situations where Thielen's going to be good, and I don't know what kind of production that leaves for Jefferson if you have a Adam Thielen for 17 games because Kirk Cousins love him some Thielen. Even when even when Diggs was there, Thielen always seemed like the guy Cousins was going for. So it's interesting to see how this first year plays out. Like you said, we play for the long run, so they invested. So I'm excited to see them going further, but. Just in a running offense with Kirk Cousins, it's, it's I don't know, it's shaky to me. Ryan, how do you feel about Justin Jefferson going to the Vikings? Well, first off, I don't, I don't want to ram your parade, you being a big Justin Jefferson guy. I mean, honestly, it just struck me, and I think going back to the, the first show, was kind of, and I might have even brought up the name Kevin White. And I'm not saying that, guys. I'm just saying, like, I want to see production more than one year from receiver out there. Um, and sometimes we have the Kevin Weiss of the world that, that come on the skate scene, have one big season, and then they get that paycheck, they get that high draft capital, and then all of a sudden nothing happens. They kind of flame out, you know. Uh, sucks being a Bears fan, but here I am talking to all you listeners about my problems. But, no, I mean, in all seriousness, like, Jefferson's a great talent, and I think that this is one of the situations, and I'm glad you brought it up, where I really can't buy it into it and it has a lot to do with all the, the points that you brought up i think adam Thielen is probably the, the most underrated uh, dynasty receiver out there right now True. due to his age and i think a lot of True. people are just forgetting about yeah that's a lot of vacated targets with, with digs now in buffalo and again we're assuming jefferson is going to take all those vacated targets but i don't know that we can safely say that that is the case that is he is he going to be ready day one to be that second receiver? You know, opposite Adam Thielen. 
I think he's going to be thrown into the fire regardless of whether he's ready or not because there's nobody else there to be that guy. I just have my doubts. This could be one of those receivers that I'm not saying he's going to bust. I'm just saying year one, I, his production, we expect him to produce a lot. And to, you know, to Dot's points, I'm with him, man. I really, I'm a little concerned here. And you know, you guys know I play in a lot of leagues. I have zero Jefferson shares. So either I'm going to look like a complete idiot. I'm going to be crying because I have zero shares and I play in a ton of leagues. Or I'm going to be like, maybe puff my chest out a little bit saying, hey, you know, I pumped the brakes a little bit on Jefferson. Um, now, now, it's not to say that at six weeks into the season, if he's slumping, that I would throw out a trade offer to my dynasty owner that's, you know, that's has, it. Yeah. And, you know, buy low on him <laughs> yeah. because, I, I, you know, long term, I'm with you. He's going to be a stud. But this year, I'm a little reserved to on how much production we're going to see from him in that offense. We talked about it. It's like that Feastall last year or last few years with Thielen and Diggs week to week with the you know production so you know if that if that's kind of how it's going to work here um I expect bigger weeks more often than not from Thielen and I think Jefferson is going to be kind of more of that best ball type play that's uh going to have some big weeks but consistency not so much you know yeah I excuse me I had to get one share of Justin because I didn't want to miss out completely so I actually traded, and let me know what you guys think about this. I traded uh, Joe Mixon and Paris Campbell for Miles Sanders and Justin Jefferson. Uh, so I just wanted to get my one share because um, I didn't want to miss out completely. But um, I do agree, you got to be patient with him. And, um, you know, my outlook on this offense, you're going to have Justin playing in the slot. That's what he does best. You got Irv Smith Jr. there. I think we're going to get a little move tight end action, kind of like how they do, uh, you know, Zach Ertz in Philly. Um, and so I'm, I'm expecting that as far as, you know, these guys to be on the field, Justin working the slot. But, Definitely got to be patient. And that photo I had up earlier, he's making that one cut. It's going to be a lot of that, that stop and go. And make sure you know, 60-yard touchdown. So, yeah, I'm actually excited. I didn't want to miss out completely. I respect it. I, I, uh, I, I respect it, too. I think, I think it's, yeah. I'm a Miles Sanders uh, believer, too. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I think I gave up. I got Sanders a few weeks back, and I gave up uh, Singletary, and a 2021 first, and people told me I gave up way too much. But actually, that was pre-NFL draft. So then, you know, a lot of things shaked out, you know, with Buffalo taking uh, Zach Moss, you know. So Singletary, not so much. But Miles Sanders, you know, um, he's going to be a fixture in that offense. I like Miles Sanders. Buying Miles Sanders now in Dynasty, um, you know, that's a tricky thing to do. Vic, good job. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I am. I'm still going to stay on the side of. I think Jefferson's going to come at a discount by week eight. You're going to be able to just go pay a per, pay a percent of what you're paying right now in draft capital for some Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to struggle with that Thielen. Thielen's going to have a fire season, man. I feel it. I feel it. So that was just that. All right. All right, Ryan. Touch your last guy. Hey, I just. <laughs> got this guy. I just got this guy for a dollar in a Pokemon draft. Uh oh, you right now that you're about to talk about. One dollar. So that's awesome. I'll tell you what, James Prochet is worth more than a dollar, but I love <laughs> this cat. You know, again, work ethic, um, getting a chance to to meet him at Senior Bowl and interview him, a people person. Again, I can see that dog in this guy where he's kind of had that chip on his shoulder his whole life, where that mentality growing up in Dallas, Texas. Uh, football is all he's ever known his whole life. Uh, coming over, you know, Juco transfer. Uh, this is a guy that you know, wasn't like he was getting knocked, uh, you know, getting letters from 
Power Five teams, conferences. So, I mean, SMU, we know their offense is definitely predicated. It's an air raid type offense. Uh, but, I mean, the numbers this guy put up, I mean, you're looking at, you know, going back to, you know, he had 800 yards receiving his last three, at least 800 yards receiving his last three years at SMU. Uh, and then the last two years, double-digit touchdowns out there. I mean, again, sticky hands, impressive, impressive uh, catch point skills, you know, for a smaller, you know, five foot ten receiver. Uh, these are the things that make him kind of stand out. It's just he's kind of uh, silky smooth there with running routes. And from what I've seen, he's a slot guy, okay? Don't get me wrong. He's definitely undersized for the NFL. You know, I said it when I came on the show originally. I wanted him to go to New England. There's a lot of chatter about him going to New England. Okay, that didn't, that didn't actually work, you know, end up happening. But he did go to the Baltimore Ravens. And here's another situation where I think a lot of dynasty owners out there are kind of like poo-pooing this and saying, oh, yeah, you don't want to draft a receiver in Baltimore. But let's be real here. What receiver is there, you know, out, you know, outside of Hollywood Brown that's really established in that offense that you can say this guy's going to be a starter week one, you know, and catch the passes from, from Lamar Jackson. There's nobody else outside of those tight ends with, with Andrews. Well, Andrews now. Uh, so for my money, again, yeah, you know, they went out and got Duvernay, another senior bowl stud standout. But I think when it's all said and done, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think – James Prochet ends up being a better player um, in a career and a better player, uh, more valuable player for the Baltimore Ravens than Devin, Devin Duvernay. Um, and he was drafted like three or four rounds earlier. So, again, I like Prochet. I think this guy's going to work his butt off to get into the starting lineup. And, again, smaller target, needs to refine some of his route running, but a very highly determined and motivated individual cat. That's the kind of guy I think a high project was like a high ceiling uh, slot type option um, in, in your PPR leagues, which is all we play in nowadays, guys. How can you not take a flyer on James Prochet with your last pick? Or like you said, pick him up for a buck. <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah. it. Hey, Ron has planted his flag on James, and he actually has a photo with uh, James in his Twitter backdrop. So check that out on Twitter at MadDogFF. But, uh, you know, to me, I think Baltimore is just trying to establish this dynasty. And, and as far as NFL, real NFL, like, hey, we're here to dominate for the years to come. So they clear a house and all their, you know, receivers. You know, they, they got rid of uh, Seth Roberts and, of course, another pass catcher with um, Hayden Hurst. So um, I kind of envision Miles Boykin playing that big body slot type role, like a move tight end, kind of stepping in as that receiving option for Hurst. And then I see James stepping in to eventually replace Snead. I know Snead's still there for now, but they want to go young with that wide receiver core. So uh, I'm definitely excited. And this was the guy that you put on my radar. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. I want all cheap guys that you can get in the best offenses. He's playing with Lamar. I can get him for a dollar. All right. <laughs> put them on my team give yeah. me all of those guys man you you want to just get those guys that like you said with good work ethic good upside low price give me all of them all right check all those boxes check 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 <laughs> so that was your last wide receiver right am i losing track that yeah that was my last receiver. all right my last one is going to be a boomer bust kind of guy um lavisca chanote jr i originally had him going to Buffalo Bills, um, but he land, he landed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. As you can see, a big physical guy. Um, he's basically just an athlete. He's a football player. That's what they got. 
Um, they got a playmaker. Um, so, of course, you got uh, DJ Shark. He's going to be the field stretcher there. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I don't know if D.D. Westbrook is gonna, ever going to do anything consistently or if uh, Keelan Cole. But um, I think, you know, LaVisca definitely has a chance to step in and be that possession guy for them. He can even run Wildcat for you. I'm just going to get a little more dynamic uh, with the offense. So, um, again, my only concern with them was just the injuries. So, hopefully he can stay healthy. But um, this is a guy I've seen go in the early second to mid-second round of uh, rookie draft so far. I don't have any shares. Um, again, it's just because of the injury concerns, but he's definitely boom or bust for me. Brian, you want to chime in? Most definitely. You know, I, I'll say one thing about Chanel. Raw. And, you know, raw in a good good matter of the word. Like, this is a guy that you have untapped, you know, like the ceiling on this this cat. We have no idea how good LaVisca Chanel could be at the next level. Because he started playing football so so late in his in his life, and I think that you get to see the best football for Chanel. And again, uh, like a like a Lynn Bolden out there for the Raiders, I mean, that type of wildcat type player. Uh, again, this this guy oozes talent and just potential. I know that that big P word, but again, I think that the Jaguars, you know, looking for playmakers here. You know, you brought up their wide receiver depth chart there, and it's not like out of the realm of possibility that he. Passes up D.D. Westbrook two weeks from the season. I mean, physically, this guy, I mean, again, he, you know, he has the body to be, you know, an NFL wide receiver. You know, he doesn't have a lot of speed, but, again, he was that X receiver, uh, you know, in Colorado and just played a lot of different roles for them in that Wildcat we brought up. Again, this is a guy, after the catch, uh, 58% of his receiving yards came after contact, guys. What does that tell you? He's very tough. He, shrug, he shrugs off those uh, single tacklers, you know, who think they can take him down, you know, just with, with ease. So physically, this guy is just a beast. And he's going to be fun. He's going to make it fun to watch the NFL again. Receivers like Chanel in this draft class is why I get so excited about this rookie wide receiver draft class. Because, again, yeah, he might bust, but there's a, there's also a possibility if he hits in Jacksonville, he could be really big. And pairing him with, with a DJ Shark, you know, that could be a great combination over the, you know, that one-two punch for the next five years. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with them playing Gardner and – Didi did not establish himself as that number two last year. What happened to the Keelan Cole thing, man? That was a thing for like two weeks, wasn't it? Like everybody was on this Keelan Cole bandwagon. I don't know what happened to it. But uh, yeah, I think he went to a position where they need playmakers and he can step in and be dynamic and be that number two ASAP. And I think that just adds to Gardner's value, man. He can go and establish himself with two young guys. So I like I like where he's at, and I like his opportunity right now. And he's a man's man. Big yeah. man. Can't tackle, Can't hey, tackle Before we transition, you guys got uh, Carson Wentz finishing top seven. I got Gardner Minshew, the Jaguar King, finishing top 12 this year. So, Boom! Let's do it, man. <laughs> I'm all in on Gardner. I'm all in on Gardner. I'm going to take a shot today. Hey, they didn't take a quarterback, so yeah, I mean – Honestly, yeah. I think they're all in on Gardner too. So yeah. let's see. They took a quarterback in the same round they took Gardner last year. Oh, yeah. What's the name? Is it uh, Luton? Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State. I think. Yeah, Jake Luton. Okay. Luton. Yeah. Either way, man, it's it's, it's the Gardner show. It's six round, though. Not yeah. Back here. 
Yeah. Jaguar King. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into, uh, like let's, yeah. Uh, let's get into my fourth receiver. And the Raiders took two guys. Two guys. And I want to talk about that second guy. Mr. Look how big he looked right there. Mr. Brian Edwards right there, man. Look at who he's that doing man. it on. He's doing it on I know, Alabama. Bama. Talent. On Bama. <laughs> so, like we spoke earlier, it's a team that needed weapons. And they went all in, man. So, I'm excited. I like, yeah, Hunter Renfro's there. And going to play Darren Waller. He established himself last year. It's awesome. But the receiving core from last year, besides Hunter Renfro, dead the uh and just thinking about what tyro williams did for like the first six seven weeks i feel like he was scoring a touchdown every week with their car same o-line same offensive scheme he was just the big body receiver catching touchdowns and i don't think he was talented at all for the most part not enough to be a number one so you get another big guy out there you have rugs rugs is going to be able to do rugs things whatever they want him to do with his speed but Brian Edwards can go out there and be the red zone target because they didn't really utilize Waller as the red zone target. You know, he's big enough to do that. But getting Brian Edwards out there, he's explosive, big, go get the ball in the air. I like what uh, Derek Carr can do with him because I remember watching those first weeks and was like, how is Tyrell doing this? So I'm excited to just see the whole offense transition over to you. And how they want to use all these players. I think Brian Edwards is going to go out there and play right away. Yeah. I like it. I don't have any shares of Brian. I'm uh, definitely need to fix it. But uh, I just want to sidebar. A lot of people are fading Dan Waller, you know, because Raiders brought in all these, uh, you know, playmakers and weapons. But look what Darren Waller accomplished with, you know, without having too many playmakers. So if you bring in Edwards, you bring in Ruggs. You got Hunter Renfro. To me, that opens up the tight end, so the middle's going to be wide open. So hopefully these uh, red zone targets go up for Waller. I know I just kind of turned this into a Darren Waller show oh, Waller there. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, perfect opportunity, though. But, yeah, definitely uh, get you some Edwards and get you some Waller. Yeah, I'll write it back. And they also have uh, old man Jason Witten there, too. And uh, oh, No is one of my yeah. tight end premium uh, targets, like just deep, deep, deep ras- roster uh, stashes. But – I like what the Raiders doing at tight end there. I think that you bring in a veteran. Uh, Waller is definitely – he had that breakout season. But uh, to your point, Vic, I think a lot of people are doubting Waller, and they're, they're, they're trading him right now and, and trading him for like 50 cents on the dollar. I think that this is uh, – if you're smart right now, it would be time to buy him. Yep. But I, I like Edwards to real quick, and I won't talk too long about Edwards, but uh, early breakout age is really a good indicator for him and his success in the NFL, I believe. If you look at that, um, you know, the age is definitely something in Dynasty we want to look at. <laughs> He's got that on his side. Yeah. And again, great opportunity. All right. I believe that's all the wide receivers. Is that correct? Any any flyers? Ryan, you want to speak of any flyers that you like in the draft? Oh, flyers. Um, Quintez. For the Lions, I actually like Quintez's game. I watched him a lot playing in the Big Ten, Wisconsin. He had some off the field issues going down and blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get into that. But I think a lot of teams knocked him down, you know, or took him off their draft board because of that. I think that's a mistake. Uh, Quintez Cephas got some just ball tracking. He 
I mean, he is gonna he's in a position where Marvin Jones, you know, has put up some big numbers. But Marvin Jones is a trade candidate. Marvin Jones is a guy that's gonna be the first one sent packing if this Lions team struggles. I think Sequis is a guy that a lot of people aren't really looking at at all or considering. And I, and I get it just because of, again, he didn't put up that massive production. But catching the ball as a receiver was constant. It's not like you're going to, you know, catch 90 passes or uh, 1,000 yards receiving a season on a rush based powerhouse, you know, running team, you know. So uh, that's what they do. Uh, and, and so receivers are going to get overlooked in a, a team like Wisconsin. Yeah, he's one definitely for me that I like a lot. Uh, John Hightower too. I throw one out for Philly, Philadelphia. Uh, a lot of people aren't talking from Boise State. John Hightower has got a lot of skills to his game, and, and you go watch his tape. Um, he's that slash type player that can play a lot. He's like a poor man's Lynn Bolden. I mean, basically, um, but he can play in a lot of different places. Places and special teams will keep him on the field as a rookie, get him some playing time. And again, there is opportunity that we talked about in Philadelphia. So if Rieger doesn't take a hold of it or it's slow moving or you have injuries, uh, I wouldn't be shocked John Hightower from Boise State in the receiver position actually gets a chance and actually uh, surprises people. Yeah. All right. I got two. Um, one's going to be a sleeper and another one's going to be one with some draft capital. So I'll start with the draft capital. Michael Pittman Jr. from our coach. You know, I always got to bring it home. Um, they took him in the second round um, out of USC, big body receiver, you know, step in, play that possession role. Since we uh, got rid of Devin Funches and also we lost Ebron, so there's definitely some targets there. Um, I actually need to get some Michael Pittman shares, so I'm going to work on that after this episode. And then uh, my flyer is uh, Gabriel Davis um, out of Central Florida. So he got drafted to the Bills, um, 6'2", about 215. Of course, they brought in Diggs, and they still got Beasley and uh, John Brown. Those guys are like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, but uh, I think Gabriel might be the future there with Diggs and Josh Allen. So, um, you know, definitely take a shot there. Why not um, on the name that's under the radar right now? Who's going to step in and be the number four potential wide receiver? So. Um, and I kind of got the same thing Vic did. We talked about Hamlet, so I'm not going to go into it a lot because we already talked about Denver. I think they're going to turn up. I like that offensive situation, and they invested in him. But I want to speak about a guy that that wasn't on any of our list, but he went in the first round. How do you guys feel about Brandon Ayuk going to uh, 49ers, man? A situation where they got rid of uh, Emmanuel Sanders. They need a second piece alongside uh, Debo. So how do you feel about that situation, man? They invested the first round pick. Give or take, they didn't really need anything else on their team, but they still invested their first pick into him. What do you guys think about that? Brandon Mayuki, I feel a lot better answer to this question uh, if if I actually got to see him in senior ball, but he was hurt that whole week. And I think the the whole pre-draft process, I think that kind of hurt his stock a little bit. But the crazy part was I I, I was down there and I was hearing a lot of these scouts say say he was better than Nikhil Harry coming out. Um, And I was like, whoa, hold on, whoa. And then I had to go back and check and look. I I think this is a guy that, again – he doesn't have a big resume to come with him, but I think that as a player, that skill set fits exactly what Kyle Shanahan is trying to do there in San Francisco. And how does he kind of, you know, fit him in, mold him in that offense along with Devo Samuel? Um, and how's that going to work? Again, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, playing that X role, X receiver has been really good 
in any Kyle Shannon offense, you look, you know, years and year, year, year out, guys like Pierre Garcon, Emmanuel Sanders, put up big time numbers. So I think there's going to be a receiver that's going to really put up big time numbers. It's probably going to be Debo Samuel. I think uh, Aoki, maybe not so much his first year. So again, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on him. I've seen him go in the back end of the first round in some of my rookie drafts. I like him as a talent, but I, I just, again, I, he's probably kind of in that same kind of tier as like Jefferson as far as just, I want to see a little bit more from them in college. And I feel like they are in great situations to, you know, have opportunities to succeed early. It's a matter of do they really take a hold of those and run away with them. Again, I think uh, he is in a great situation. But again, from a dynasty perspective, he's more of a, you know, mid-second round type pick for me where I think there's a little bit less uh, risk baked into that that draft spot. Uh, but anytime you see a receiver going to first round, you need to take the notice because of that draft yeah. capital. So, again, I could be dead wrong about him, but he's a guy that, say, I'm deciding between him and, like, Denzel Mims and uh, my boy Ruggs. I mean, I'm taking those two guys over over him yeah. and over Brandon every time, without a doubt. Yeah, I actually have a couple shares of IU, um, you know, for me, I've gotten them in the early second round, and the decision process there was first round talent, and it's all draft capital in the second round. Hell yeah, I'm gonna jump on that. But uh, he's also gotten praises from Tory Hope, so the great, you know, St. Louis Rams wide receiver. So if you got guys like that giving you praises and speaking to your potential, I don't want to miss out. Um, I think he has opportunity to step in and be the number two there. Um, of course, they got Debo, um, and like you said, Emmanuel Sanders is gone, and you know, is Jalen Hurd gonna be a thing? I don't know. And uh, of course, they got rid of Marquise Goodwin, so. We, you know, there, there's definitely targets there for him. So I think he's going to step Pettis. in day one. Oh, Dante Pettis. I'm salty about Dante Pettis. Maybe that's why I'm not all bored. Like, <laughs> oh, Dante Pettis train never, like, went anywhere. <laughs> yeah, this is still in the station. But, yeah, I, I think yeah, right. Brandon's going to step in there and, uh, you know, be the number two in that offense. So, granted, uh, he's tied to Jamie G right now. I don't know if that sounds sexy, but, you know, hey, they got to throw the ball to someone else besides Kittle. So, R.I.P. Dante Pettis. Yeah, yeah we, <laughs> yeah, we usually try to RIP someone. It was Justin Seal last week. Justin Seal. Yeah. RIP Justin Seal. He deserves it. He definitely <laughs> deserves it, guys. So I'm, I'm glad I threw his name out there, even though it, it hurt. It pained me, guys, to, to yeah. do that because of my shares there. But yeah, uh, so, sometimes you swing and miss, guys. I'm glad we waited. I was about to RIP Keelan Cole. I'm so glad I waited. <laughs> we, we got to RIP Dr. Pettis. <laughs> All right. So we do want to pay off this bet. So, of course, uh, you know, Ron, you had Henry Ruggs going to the Raiders. Um, I had Ruggs going to the Eagles. Um, so, yeah. So, so given what we missed, we'll take this shot. But before we do take this shot, I want to ask you guys, which Ricky wide receiver will finish with you know the highest fantasy points, PPR? So let's plant our flag on one Ricky wide receiver that will have the top finish between rookies, wide receivers. Uh, uh, I don't want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to go first in this one. I had, I had one initially. I don't know if I want to pivot, but I can put it out there. All right, look, I'm going to start here just to get the thoughts going. I'm between yeah, Lamb. I'm between C.D. Lamb and, I'm, and Rieger. But I think I'm going to go Lamb. So I'm going Lamb. I'm going to go Rieger uh, because you went. You took my boy Lamb. But honestly, I do think year one production, I think Rieger's in, in the driver's seat for these receivers, rookie receivers. I really do. It's going to be really hard for him to miss in this situation. I like Rieger 
And it pains me to say I have like zero Rieger shares, so I'm gonna have to change that, guys. There you go. <laughs> I, got, I got some Rieger shares. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna pick a guy you guys pick, so that's like taking shots. That's all that is. <laughs> <laughs> Since I like taking shots, I'm going Henry Ruggs, man. I okay. think I think his blow up games are going to keep him in contention with the, the consistent scoring that Rieger might get to get or Lamb might get to get little by little. Rugs might have a couple 35-point games this year that'll help me get some total fantasy points by the end of the year. So I'll take that. Remember Hollywood? Remember Hollywood first game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rugs might give me a couple of them and might might make y'all have to take shots. <laughs> you know what I did? With Hollywood's first game, I was a guy tweeting, I can't believe I didn't start a guy named Hollywood week one. I was that guy. Right? He was on my bench too, man. It pains me to say that uh, he was on my bench last year in a couple of my leagues, and, and I, it hurt my hurt me. But yeah. hey, who would have guessed? Who would have who would have thunk it? Yeah, and then it came full circle, and then they went down to, to L.A. and played the Rams, and I did it again. Why wouldn't I play a guy named Hollywood in L.A.? I, I did it twice. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Check that schedule. Half of his family's you know there watching him. You know, like he's got some motivation, motivation there. But yeah, yeah, it's missed again there. Yeah. All right, so we're going to pay up this shot Come on, Ron, and I got more moonshine. Here we go. You got to look at that Nice. Shout out to you, Ron. Well, Ron, we definitely want to thank you. <clears throat> shot just hit. Thanks for uh, coming by to hang out with us. Um, let people know where you know they can follow you at and also what you got going on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have me on. A honor to have me on you guys' show. It's always a lot of fun, always entertaining. Uh, so thanks again for having me. I'm at Mad Dog FF again. You can find me Friday nights. I'll be uh, chilling for the Catbird seat with uh, Dave Sherney. That's at Road Warrior underscore D. We do the uh, Sports True Dynasty Football One on One show that is available on iTunes. Uh, Friday nights, typically 8 uh, p.m. Eastern. Again, the Dynasty Zone, Fake Pigskin, that's my podcast that I created. Started. There's over 50 episodes out there. We're relaunching that. Dave Sherney will be my uh, co-host for that show also. And then lastly, um, again, XM211, Dan Patrick Channel, Friday nights, Sports Overnight America with Lou Landers, at Landers Talks. We do, uh, again, it's more of a sports show, no fantasy type analytics or anything like that, but it's a lot of fun because we can talk with the world of sports, which has you know, obviously been hard to do as of late, but with football, but we're really excited to get, you know, once everything starts to be normal again, guys, we can uh, we can talk everything else under the sun as far as sports goes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dynasty Pro Vic, before we get to the Say Something Good to the People, where can everybody follow you at, sir? All right, let me pivot. Uh, so they can follow me at Dynasty Pro Vic, um, Instagram, Twitter. Um, also, everyone, be sure to follow fakepigskin.com. That's how you know I was able to get in contact with Ron, you know, for that first episode we did. So definitely want to you know, thank those guys. Those are our friends. Um, so give them a follow on Twitter as well. Um, and also be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast at Dynasty Bros. FF everywhere, Facebook page, YouTube. Um, yeah, wherever you listen. So thanks. All right. I am here to make you pivot, bro. My bad. No, it's cool, bro. It's cool. Uh, follow me at Dynasty Bros. Dot on Instagram, on Twitter, Dynasty Bros. FF. That's the main page on Instagram. So that's where you follow. Make sure you follow everything that we just talked about. Before we get to the end, everybody needs to say something good to the people. So, Ryan, we're going to start with you, man. Anything that's been on your mind, any positive notes, say something good to the people, man. We need it during uh-huh. these times. 
I think at these times, you know, we have a lot of free time in these times. And I think that one thing I've kind of put myself in and try to make a, do a better job is kind of like in my free time, just kind of laying out stuff, things that I want to do, projects and goals. I guess what I'm trying to say, guys, is set, setting goals in your own personal life. And even when you're at home, like just it's easy just to relax and not do anything when you could be like accomplishing something, doing some job, you know, for the missus or what have you or your family or your son wants something done. So again, you know, set aside that time, but also, you know, setting these goals down in paper and, you know, actually you feel good when you accomplish those, you can just check them off the bottom, you know, off the list, you know? So again, I like checking boxes guys. I mean, that's kind of what we love. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantasy thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice, hey. bro. Vic, play some good. Oh, my bad. I'm I'm done, bro. No, you good, bro. Now, nah, but before we got here, Ryan, we're going to join you at the Senior Bowl next year. Hopefully, there is one. If there is, so we can see these guys up close and personal too. So uh, then, hopefully, uh, you can be at the combine. So, hundred percent. I'm really excited uh, when I got the, when I heard that news and you guys telling me that that you're going to enjoy it. I mean, I again, I can't sell it anymore. They've already sold it to you, you guys. Obviously, I hope, hope I did a good job, so I sold it. Yeah. But yeah, you guys will will definitely connect and. Uh, you know the lake house. I'm pretty sure I got a couple open rooms in the lake house, so we'll make this happen, man. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. All right, it sounds good. All right, my, my closing word is: uh, I know you know we're coming. I don't want to say we're coming out of quarantine. I think we're just coming out of it because we're just choosing to. Uh, may not be the best idea, but definitely take your precautions during this time. And uh, you know, if you felt like you didn't really do anything in this time, it's not too late. So it's never too late. Um, so to Ron's point, I always set goals. Um, and also set them to your own timeline. So don't, you know, compare yourself to yourself. That's really the best person you should be comparing yourself to. Um, so yeah, whatever you want to start, just start it. It's never too late. Um, and still continue to, you know, take precautions during this time. So yeah, piggyback. Um, just be safe as the cities are opening up and they're allowing you to do more things. You don't have to do all of these things. But what I will say is I just talked to some of my close ones this weekend and said this. I don't think it's one of those things that's going away. So we need to learn how to live with it, stay safe, stay being cautious with everything we do. But go see your loved ones, man, because they can be here today and gone tomorrow. You guys don't have to go hit the town. You guys don't have to go do anything extra. Pull up, see the ones you care about, tell them you love them, man. So I do want to say that. So, All right. All right, Don. Walk us out, man. Great episode. Appreciate you guys. I want to thank you, Ron. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully, yeah, and forward to doing it again. And Ron, Anytime. we're going to talk because me and Vic, <laughs> we're going to try to set the tone for Combine. Like from here on out, it's in our city, and we, we want some things to go through us, man. I want people to come here and actually feel like they came here for more than just the Combine. They were able to be involved in some activities, some events. So we're going to try to set the tone for that, man. So. I'm speaking it now into existence, so we can, I can make sure I set a fire under my ass to be up on it. Vic's better. That's definitely one of my goals too, to, to make it to the combine too. And it's just been a little bit harder for me to get access, but 100% want to be there. Cool. All right. Well, hey, we are Thanks, Dynasty guys. Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Ron, follow him again, Mad Dog FF on Twitter. Thank you for coming again. You're a boss. All that good shit, Vic. Hey. Hey, walk us out, bro. I'm going to take this last shot of this Tito's on the way out. All right. That's another episode. We'll be back at it again next week. We stream these live weekly from the Facebook page, Dynasty Bros. FF Podcast. 
Remember to always dominate your league, Dynasty Bro Style. We out. Yo. Yeah. Nope. Oh.